This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Tech in the Right Direction. This is your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world, along with tips and strategies for maximizing your career in tech. We also bring you interviews with the leading women in the tech industry, talk to youth who are rapidly building their tech knowledge, and review business solutions that will give you insights on how technology is solving business problems. Now, here's your host, Jennifer Didier. Welcome, and thank you for joining me on Tech in the Right Direction. I'm your host, Jennifer Didier, President and CEO of Directions Training. Each week, we talk with industry experts about technology trends that are emerging and changing businesses today, the career journey of IT professionals, understanding the world of women in tech, as well as talking to our youth that are rapidly building their technology skill sets. We also review case studies that provide insight into how technology is solving business and world problems. I'm excited about our guest today, so let's get moving in the right direction. This week in our Tech Solutions segment, I will be talking with Harini Gokul. Harini is a global technology leader, an investor, civic volunteer, and an advocate for advancement of women in the workplace. She is a cloud industry leader and has 20 plus years of experience driving global business strategy and customer transformation for technology companies, including Microsoft and IBM. Harini has built and led global multidisciplinary organizations in the United States and Europe to accelerate customer transformation in the cloud and business growth, focusing on delivering real-world solutions. Her diverse background includes strategy consulting and financial services. Harini sponsors and invests in organizations and communities to accelerate the advancement of women in technology. She's an investor in the Female Founders Alliance and is on the advisory board of The Future of Us, an initiative dedicated to accelerating the advancement of women of color. Harini is an international speaker focusing on diversity, equity, and innovation in the fourth industrial revolution. As part of her mission to contribute to civic life, Harini is running for city council in Medina, Washington. As a mom and a Medina resident, she's excited to work towards keeping Medina strong, safe, and healthy for current and future generations. She looks forward to leveraging her professional skills to help shape and influence policies that impact the lives of Medina and Washington residents. Irini is an engineering graduate and received her MBA from Vanderbilt University. Welcome to the show, Harini. Thank you for joining us. Can you start out by telling us a little bit about your career path in technology? Of course, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Um, let me see, I started, um, I grew up in India and um, I came of age as India was uh, driving its um, information technology revolution and the prospect of innovation and growth and, and seeing the opportunities that were available really got me engaged into technology. 
um, I went to engineering school. And as I was working through school, I realized that what I loved was seeing the application of technology to everyday life. Mm-hmm. And that is what got me, that's been sort of the theme and the guiding principle um, in my life for the past 20 years. Um, after graduation, I worked um, for a retail bank in India to um, on their operations, then uh, helped uh, a consulting firm here in the U.S. And um, that deepened my interest in technology and how it could help solve problems for our customers. And that got me to Microsoft. And at Microsoft, I've been fortunate to have um, a 14, 15-year uh, career where I've had the opportunity to grow new businesses, uh, be a part of the, cl- of the cloud journey from the time you know, we incubated the cloud business uh, to now being one of the leader providers of cloud services to our customers and seeing that journey from really multiple pip- angles from the marketing side and how you would think about cloud services as a value prop to working with our partners and taking cloud services to market to working um, in Europe and seeing it from that global perspective. Um, it's, and really it's been an, an enjoyable journey being in technology and I cannot wait for the next 20 years and, and what technology brings for us. That's such a fascinating career. And just, um, amazed by the path that you've taken uh, both in consulting and technology and solving problems. Really, really interesting path and very impressive. Um, So, you know, being in technology and it's changing so rapidly, what are some of the trends that you're seeing today? It is such a great time to be in technology. And I would say, um, we are at the cusp of what I call the fourth industrial revolution. And what this does is really build upon all the capabilities of technology we've seen in the past. And it's going to help us solve problems that were that that are super critical and that we thought we could we we were not able to solve so far. So I'm quite excited by the promise of that. And I see a couple of trends. Um that are starting to um, starting to get more prominent. One is, I think we're going to see a focus on immersive experiences, um, especially as I, you know, when I talk about the fourth industrial revolution. One of the features of this is that we are blurring the lines between the physical and the digital world. When you think about extended reality, when you think about virtual reality, right? Um, and how we engage with the digital world. I think this is going to be an incredible step change. And so um, all the work related with immersive experience will be a key theme in the future. Uh, The second thing I see um, is the emergence of focus um, on an analytics. So what I call augmented analytics. Um, Artificial intelligence is sort of um, a, a much, not a well-understood theme, but we, we understand the promise of AI. But what makes this real is the data that actually supports creating the model and how we use machine learning to transform the analytics and make intelligence out of it and use it uh, to advance solutions. So augmented analytics is another uh, trend that I see 
being prominent in the next few years. So what is could you, yes. So could you give us a couple examples of like immersive experiences for you know our listeners who might not know what that means? Sure. Um, to me, any um, when you think about conversational platforms as an example that change that help us um, visualize um, people even when we are all remote is one way to make immersive experiences real. Um, it, we often think about it as being very science, science fiction and, you know, in, in the matrix effect in movies, but I think of it as productivity tools. Mm -hmm. Today, we have a large part of our workforce that is globally distributed. It is, it, we've made huge uh, changes in technology that help us, as an example today, to be on Teams, right? So mm -hmm. We are able to connect despite being distributed remotely. And we have video conferencing to, uh, that help us see each other. Immersive technologies and immersive experiences help us take the next step where that engagement is going to become deeper and more richer. Mm -hmm. So I love, and to me, that's the power of technology is you take this wonderful technology and use it to make our lives better. You use it to improve productivity. You use it to make your work life better. Um, another theme, I, I'll, I'll end with one theme because I think this is important for us, um, is thinking about data, privacy, ethics, and, um, and the digital and our digital accountability. We've had a lot of conversation in the past few years. Um, as our world becomes increasingly digital, ethics and privacy is a growing concern. But more than that, it's an opportunity to do the right thing. And so we are seeing, as an example, chief ethics officers come into play, mm -hmm. like we had chief compliance and chief risk officers, and companies starting to think about what are my accountability frameworks? How do I make decisions with all this data that I gather? Mm -hmm. What is the right thing to do? So I think it's um, the focus on digital privacy, data privacy on ethics is going to be um, important in the next few years. I do see that becoming a trend, especially with the GDPR um, yes. requirements that are starting to come out. And it's really good because it put, put some governance around, you know, the data privacy, the, the use of data, the correct use, the ethical ways to handle that data. So I, I love your point on that. And then on analytics, you know, there is so much data now. And I feel like AI and machine learning are giving us the opportunity to really make educated decisions based on our data. Whereas, you know, in the old days, we had some data, but a lot of it was gut and feelings and, you know, kind of what I know from my experience. Uh, but now the data tells the story about a business. Um, it really talks about, you know, what you should have on your shelves if you're a retail business. If, you know, we run a training business, we need, we know, you know, what classes people have taken, what paths they're, they're going after. We can share with them what's that next class in the series. You know, the same Amazon concept where if you bought this book and read this book, you might like these books, you know, so data is so powerful. I love that that's the areas with immersive experience and analytics on data is is really becoming 
um, the future of technology. So I know you love solving business problems with technology and um, you know, there are so many great solutions that are not solved that are not only solving business problems, but also world problems. Can you give me an example of some of the projects you've worked on that have really created a solution, uh, whether it's, um, you know, for a customer or internally with technology, if you've solved some type of a problem? Um, is there something you can kind of elaborate on? Um, of course, yes. I think um, in the, the focus I've always had is how do you translate, you know, technology into um, human impact and for human good. Um, and we've taken the same thread of conversation with our customers to say technology exists to make, to solve our customer problems. Um, and there are multiple examples and I cannot go deep into any customer, right. of course, as, mm -hmm. as you can understand. Um, but we've worked with um, large retailers um, to sit with them and say, what is your vision for success in X years, right? Looking into the future, looking into the horizon, help me define what a successful retail model looks like. Mm -hmm. And given the disruption in that industry, I think you have to do some out-of-the-box thinking to um, to say what 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 does success look like, right? Is it in store? What's my digital strategy? What's my data strategy? Back to all of the things. What's my immersive shopping experience strategy, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then work with them to talk about how what their map their priorities to the set of cloud solutions available, and translate that into their existing footprint and say, how do we best arrive at a solution that will give you what you want near term and set you up for success long term? So I think the converse, my conversations are always pivoted on solving customer problems. Mm -hmm. And I found that those are the most fruitful conversations. When either I walk in their shoes and I say, as a customer of yours, this is what I feel, or having been through this change myself, like let me share my experience, and helping address their problem versus trying to sell a technology. I think the retail piece is a great example because we all can relate, right? We all shop, we all purchase, um, and so we can really look at it from the user experience and improve that. You know, I think, you know, we go back and talk about Amazon, repeatedly because they're able to i i'm always shocked how fast i can order something <laughs> you know and it gets faster and faster with one click and they've made my life easier to buy that product but it also gets a little scary because i'm like wow you know it just made it that simple but that's where we're trending right exactly and i think we are and what you see, the customer experience, as you've just talked about, right? Customer is king. Mm -hmm. In these days when we have so many options and so many choices, what are what is the customer promise we want to deliver on and what differentiates us from others, right? So if you take a look at Uber as an example, mm -hmm. they will not they are not a car company, right? They don't own any cars, they, are, they don't own taxi medallions. Their promise is about transferring um getting you to your location. Yeah, moving Similarly, people, Airbnb, right? Moving mm -hmm. people, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not about a promise to deliver cars, right? And I think this is, 
it's important to realize sort of the greater purpose of what you're trying to achieve. Airbnb, similarly, it's, I think it's about realizing experiences um, versus saying, I'm going to rent you a home for a holiday. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most, the purpose is so important, right? For Microsoft, it's about helping others realize their full potential. Mm-hmm. And that's important because if that's your end goal, then I'm willing to work with you, Mr. Customer, on any range of things, a full suite of solutions to make sure that you are realizing your full potential. That's that's great. Um, I think, you know, you mentioned two disruptors in the industry with Uber and, and Airbnb, whereas, you know, hotel stays were the common thing that was never a concept of anything else. And Airbnb ended up taking homes and cars and vans and just, you know, all types of accommodations and making those available without ever building it themselves. And the same way you said about Uber, never really, um, never really bought any cars or uh, invested in cars. They used what was there and moved people around. So I think that's so fascinating with these disruptions that have changed our world. Um, I think about the cell phone. You know, my cell phone is now my computer. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Computer, uh, camera, watch, (laughs) and many, many more things. Uh, whereas, you know, before we depended, uh, depended on your wallet. I mean, I just thought about, you know, it's, it's a wallet as well. So um, really, really interesting. So when you look at, um, so you start with success as a definition of where you want to go. So what does that cycle look like when you go and you talk to your customers about what is that end goal they are looking for. So what does that conversation sound like? Hmm. Um, That's a good reminder. I think it's it's good to remind yourself of that as well. It's a great question. Um, I think that at the end of the day, our customers are looking to do the right thing by their customers. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I've found. And I've worked across industries, financial services, retail uh, and of course like you know technology startups and that's my common theme every customer wants to know what he or she can do to serve their customers better mm-hmm. and realize their value prop right their unique value proposition um, and that I believe is is my uber goal as well to sit with them and say what what would you like to accomplish and then how can we help you get there so to be trusted advisors and partners in to help them realize their goal, I believe is the conversation we are having. And then as we go through the process to then double click and say for to realize the strategy, right? Here is the underpinnings. Here is the foundation you need to build. And the truth is like a lot of the infrastructure conversations, the big data conversations are not, are not obvious on the surface or to a customer, but that's, it's important to invest deeply to create secure, scalable platforms that will help support delivering your ambitions. That's great. And I know Microsoft, you know, uh, as an organization is customer obsessed. Um, so yes. they really focus on the customer 
customers' needs, their goals, their desires to, it's not about the technology, it's about how do we solve that business problem using technology, which I think is so fabulous. So, um, you know, as companies create solutions, what have you seen, um, what, what challenges have they experienced? The challenges, um, and the good companies actually ask this question as well. Like, you know, the, the, some of our customers have asked these questions, and I mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. um, the first challenge I would say is, you know, many of us are working in five-generation workplaces for the first time ever. So you still have the some of the silent age sort of generation in your workplace. You have the last of the, you have the baby boomers, you have Gen X. Um, you have the millennials, and then mm -hmm. you have the Gen Zs coming into the workplace. Right. So I would start with, you know, our customers have five generational workplace. And this is a new thing for all of us. So understanding and addressing the needs across this workplace and doing knowledge management and culture building is a, is a challenge and an opportunity. So I think starting there and like let's say if you work on productivity tools how you Jennifer use teams may be different than how I use teams right mm -hmm. our use cases our primary use cases may be different and if you think about five generations trying to use the same tool and being successful you can only start to imagine uh, the complexity there so I think adoption and change management um, is is the is one of the top things I would recommend customers to think about. How will you adopt? Buying something is easy. Adopting it so you're successfully using it is a whole different ballgame. And the companies that I have found in my experience are successful are the ones that are proactively thinking about this and saying, I have this workplace and I need them to adopt in this way. And this is how I'm going to do it. And this is where I need your help. And setting expectations on that change management and being very deliberate and intentional about it is super key. That's one. The second piece is the urgent versus important, and it comes down to priorities. Um, I, in, in life itself, right, the one, something that's on fire always causes more, we spend more time on that versus mm -hmm. something that will sort of reap rewards in 10 years. It's just the nature of, you know, how we are built, I guess. Mm -hmm. But focusing on the important things, focusing on long-term efforts that will will give you the foundation you want is important. And I think that's another challenge because it, sometimes there's a sense of urgency to focus on the urgent and deliver near-term things. But if not built on secure, strong foundations, then I'm not sure that is the best solution for you. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say the, the third thing is sustainability and understanding how your solution fits long-term into your plan and your vision and how it's coming together as an orchestra versus a cacophony. That's great. I love that you touched on change management and adoption. Um, you know, we are always training on new technologies and we don't start at the training piece. We really start at the communications and change management piece because we are all human and we um, are creatures of habit, right? So we don't like change, 
Um, yeah. We drive to work the same way. We sit in the in church in the same pew. We do, you know, all the same things every day, and that's comfortable for us. And then when you introduce new technology, people get uncomfortable. They don't understand why things are working fine. I was doing my job. Why do we have to change? So, you know, managing that change and getting them to buy in and get excited about the new technology. And now that you talk about five generations, wow, you know, it's everybody adapts and adopts differently. So very, very good points that, that you hit on because we really need to think about that. Um, so, you know, I always um, pause when I ask this question because it's, it's so hard to tell because technology is moving so fast. But if you looked five to 10 years down the road, what kinds of problems do you think technology will be solving? It's, uh, it's lovely having that crystal ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> we had one um, because that, that would be uh, wonderful. Um, I, I, I am so excited by the promise of what is to come. And I'm also guarded about what is required to make it happen. Mm -hmm. um, so we've talked a little bit on, on, on this interview about the fourth industrial revolution mm -hmm. and how that is the convergence of digital, physical, and biological systems. Basically, technologies that are blurring these boundaries on physical, digital, and biological. And I think that is going to be the predominant theme for us looking into the next, um, next few years. And, I'll, and they, when we are seeing examples of that manifest itself today, right? So how many um, articles on autonomous vehicles have we seen? robotics, 3D printing, mm -hmm. those are all examples of sort of sort of the physical and the technology coming together, right? My car has become my biggest sort of digital uh, tool right now, right? It's your office. Uh, my it's your new car. office. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And the advances we've seen are incredible. So I will not like, I have forgotten what it is to not have my voice and audio built into my car anymore, right? We, mm -hmm. we take things for granted already, and the change has not even started. We are very early. The second manifestation is biological. So when, and this has such potential for human good. When you think about genetic diagnostics, um, the ability to treat diseases that we could not have so far, um, I think that we are going to see huge advances there. And then finally, some of the digital trends we talked about, right? We talked about some of the disruptive business models that have come about because of this convergence. We've talked about the, the importance and the use of analytics. We've talked about immersive experiences, maybe briefly touched upon edge and IoT and blockchain. But the net being that this, we have such incredible computing capabilities and combine that with our convergence towards mobility, right? Like you just mm -hmm. made, you made the point about your phone is everything, except you don't make calls anymore. <laughs> right? So, so your phone, yeah. and, but it's, it's become a computer, right? And then, so we're going to see early on more applications of what I think of as like cognitive computing. Computing that augments human thought versus replicating it. So as an example in call centers, right? 
there'll be a set of sort of frequently asked questions and, and set of jobs that can be done by automation and that will help your call center employees focus on more value added work. Um, bots for everything, of course, um, mm -hmm. and uh, are an example of, you know, value added automation um, and how it can augment for us. No, Cortana, Siri are all of them examples. So I think the world, I think about some things like artificial, artificially intelligent robots, self-driving cars, 3D printing, genetics, robotics are all real manifestations of what is of the next wave of change. I am with you. I am so excited uh, of what is yet to come because it's just going to blow our minds. It's just going to be incredible. Um, so, you know, in closing, what would be uh, the best piece of advice or lesson learned uh, regarding customer satisfaction or project delivery that you are still leveraging today? Because, you know, we talked about customers being so important and your customers are concerned about their customers. So we want to talk about maybe a best practice or something around project delivery that makes it very, that makes you very successful that you leverage over and over again. Um, it's, a, it's a good question. Thank you. I think that there may be three things I would think about as being important to manage, to create, to build trusting relationships and to manage expectations and deliver. One um, is, is seeking to understand and asking the question versus assuming. Um, and understanding and, try, and getting perspective on what people define as success, what outcomes look like, having that common vocabulary and taxonomy at the start is key. So I always say ask, not assume, and that's a principle that works with uh, projects as well. Second um, is, again, a lesson that we use in life and at work, which is things are dynamic. Organizations are dynamic needs are dynamic, be comfortable not knowing everything. Per, you know, perfect is the enemy of good, right? So be, be, the, be happy in uh, navigating the unknown. And I think building that skill is going to be important. And for me, that translates into things like I will always leave um, time, resources to navigate the unknown. Because mm -hmm. even if you cannot predict what is going to happen, Giving yourself that buffer makes sure that when it, that does happen, that you're able to address it. And the third thing I would say is thinking about the learning, um, the talent and the skills required to set up for success. Um, we, we talk a little bit about this earlier that, you know, it's about a change. It's, you know, when you are driving change management and adoption with customers, you think about the solution, you think about the process, the people piece is sometimes not always thought through. Mm -hmm. And when we are embracing new solutions, as you think about the next wave of technology, what are the skills required to not just survive, but thrive? Mm -hmm. And making sure that you are including the right folks from the customer, you're encouraging them to think of these skills, to hire for these skills if necessary, I think is important to long-term success. Brilliant, brilliant. So listening, understanding what success looks like, being comfortable in the unknown, which is so difficult, 
make sure you're working with people, understanding their talent, bringing expertise and thriving, not surviving. I love that because, you know, it's exceeding expectations. It's not just delivering a mediocre experience. So great advice. Um, Harini, it was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jennifer. This was fantastic. And uh, I hope this is of value to your audience. Stay tuned for another exciting interview just around the corner. As your organization continues to embrace and adopt new technologies, does your team have the skills required to make the most of your investments? Directions Training offers IT professional and end-user training for the most popular solutions today, including Microsoft 365, Azure, AWS, Cisco, Citrix, VMware, and much more. Our flexible delivery methods and full customized offerings make sure that you get the training you need just the way you need it in-person, virtual, on-demand, or through a blended approach. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com for more information today. Welcome back to Tech in the Right Direction. This week in our Tech Careers segment, I will be talking with Stephanie Cortese. Stephanie is an IT director who has worked in a technology role for 10 years. She is a born in the cloud technology professional who specializes in collaboration and business automation. Creating operational efficiencies through technology is her passion. Throughout her career, she has been fortunate to mentor young technology professionals and is also very passionate about the women in technology movement. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. So let's get started. Can you share with us a little bit about your career path in technology? Sure. So I, I really was fortunate early on, uh, before I even worked in technology, to get exposed to a couple of like hot tech trends back in the day. So I worked at, in an operations role, an operations manager role, and we were rolling out our very first voice telephone system. So this was really like right when voice kind of hit the scene. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough to really be involved in that whole telecom processing from porting to setting up the devices. And then I really just found some great tech support people that actually like trained me on how to ask the right question. So it was like I needed XYZ, you know, and so I submitted a ticket and they'd actually call me and be like, that's great, but here's the correct way to ask that. So I really just got started, you know, kind of young and just kind of like learning the ropes and learning how to talk tech. And then I got the opportunity to actually help with an exchange server to, before Office 365 was a business productivity suite. And so that's actually how I really got a foothold into the cloud services for Office 365. That's great. Um, so did you always know you liked technology or what was like your intro into the path where you said, wow, I really love this stuff? So I actually studied fashion merchandising in college. <laughs> Nothing tech related at all. Like that really was what I thought my passion would be. 
And then as, as, you know, as you grow up, you got to pay bills, you get different positions. I just found that I was kind of navigated towards things that were like telecom or tech related. And I, I don't, I was good at it, right? There were some things that you do that just kind of click. And I kind of found that that's where I excelled. And then I saw the immediate impact I could have to, you know, to users in a business. And that's really where my passion came from, is to helping people achieve more through technology. So that really like lit my spark of like, oh, I can add value here and it's something I'm good at. Let me learn more about it. That's great. And so, you know, having that spark, that passion, but also using technology to solve problems gives you so much fulfillment. And, um, you know, it was great that you started out at a young age and you are, you know, an IT director, which is very impressive. Um, but, you know, the tech industry has so is such a competitive job market and there's huge demand for technology skills. There's obviously a big gap in technology skills and there's lots of new roles coming out. So what can you do to really set yourself apart from other candidates? What do you do to stay relevant? What do you do to make sure that you are competitive in this very tough job market? So I think there's a couple of things here. One is that don't underestimate the class skills, right? Mm-hmm. Every, people can go out and they can learn the hard skills of tech. They can learn to code. You can learn all about a product. But can you then go translate that to end users and sure. set it up for training? and talk about the business proposition behind it. And so oftentimes, even when I'm looking at resumes for uh, you know, something that we're hiring, I will actually look for people that have had customer service experience, right? Can you, are you interested in technology? Do you have the passion? And can you talk to people? Like those are some of the huge things. And then the other one, of course, is certifications. It's great if you can go and get you know, a college degree in these things. But if you can't, just keep learning, get get certified in things that are interesting to you and to kind of hot topic things, like, you know, security with you one right now. Uh, and that'll just really help you get your foot in the door and then kind of set the baseline for can you have your conversations on the topic. That's really um, a very, very good uh, thought with the soft skills because um, I think, you know, there are a lot of people that have the technology skills but sometimes don't have the communication skills or the leadership skills to be able to talk to C-level folks. So having those soft skills is really, really critical. We in our business um, actually train also IT uh, folks, IT pros, to um, develop some of those skills because if they don't have it, they can learn it. And so that has been very successful because today in business, um, you know, Business is running technology, not technology running the business. So you have to understand business value. You have to be able to communicate with C-level folks in order to uh, keep that IT technology job. So I think that was a very, very good point and good thought. So you mentioned a little bit about certification when you're hiring, you're looking for certification. Can you tell me your thoughts on that and have you found it valuable in this industry? So I've, I've seen a valuable both direction. I myself uh, am constantly working on a different certification for something that's interesting to me and something that's impacting the business right now. I think it's how personally I continue to add value to my role, right? I, mm-hmm. I like, you know, I can get certified in Azure because we are a strong Azure platform. 
But then, you know, security is obviously a hot topic. I mentioned that before. And so, like, now that's something my that whole team is working on. It's actually we're all getting security, CompTIA security certified together. And really, it's just going to help you grow and help keep you relevant on things. And I'm just a big proponent and, like, never stop learning. Like, always keep learning and always say yes to opportunities when they're presented to you. So a lot of times with certifications, you can add value to your professional self, you know, your personal self, but also to the business. And a lot of times it's something that if you're working in a business that they're willing to even pay for. So why, you know, why turn that down? Yeah, certification, I think, gives you that stamp of approval that you have the skills. So whether you're using it in your current job or, you know, if you're in the job market to to look for a new job or, you know, in transition, the certification really gives you that that stamp of approval. And we find that people who have certifications, they kind of move up on the resume pile because um, they stand out. So uh, that's great. And I love that you're doing study groups in at work for, to get certifications, because one of the things we find is that it's very difficult because life happens uh, for people, they have the skills, they have the knowledge, but they don't go take the test. So tell me a little bit about your study group. How often do you meet? How, um, how, do, you, um, how do you learn together? So, yeah, so we all have the same study guides, obviously. And then we actually use, like, the Scrum methodology. So mm -hmm. as part of our sprint stories, uh, each time we kind of set aside here, here's our goal, here's what everybody needs to read through. Um, so it'll be a couple, ch a couple chapters, some modules, and a book. And then one person on the team is assigned to create a quiz that we then review at Sprint Close. So when we close out our, our, you know, our project for our two weeks, someone has also prepared a quiz and gives everybody a quiz uh, from what we had just read. So okay. it really reinforces, like, have you read it? Did you understand it? And then when one of us is kind of struggling, we always speak up, like nobody's, you know, struggles in silence. So it's like, hey, I had a hard time with this thought, like what do you guys think on this? Um, so it really is that open discussion to kind of help each other reinforce what we read. Because sometimes it can be, you know, a little dry <laughs> reading, so it's right. really nice to, to have that personal touch and be able to just, once you say something out loud about a topic, I think it helps resonate with you. That's great. Um, I love that, you know, nobody struggles alone because, you know, you might pick it up really quickly, but somebody, this chapter is more difficult for the other person. So you're helping each other and you're all getting to a common goal. Um, I love that concept. I think more companies and individuals within companies should do that. Um, Technology is moving so fast. You know, if I look at 10 years ago, I would never have imagined the things that are happening today 10 years ago. So, you know, how do you keep up? I mean, do you do a lot of reading? Do you tell me some some of the ways that you use that has worked for you to keep up and stay relevant uh, with technology moving so fast? Yeah, so I, I read a lot, um, but obviously, like, I, you know, everyone's busy in their careers, busy with our families and stuff. So, like, I wish I had more time, but I read enough, I feel like, to understand a concept to then know when a business case comes up, right? I can say, hey, have we thought about XYZ? And then go acquire and learn the additional information I need to make it happen. So it's almost just kind of like those hot topics 
I want to understand what it is and what kind of value it brings. And then I kind of just like file it away in my mind and wait for an opportunity to use it. That's great. It's hard to, you can't learn everything about everything, especially as fast as things are changing. Yeah, and you can't implement everything either. So, you know, keeping it in the back of your mind, knowing that it's there, and then thinking about that in your role for your organization, how do you add value? Does that uh, new technology help you get to the next level or be more competitive, I think is a great way to stay relevant, but also implement where needed. Not everybody can implement every technology and there's just so much. Um, this is a tough question because, you know, like I said, 10 years ago, I could not imagine where we are today. Where do you see things moving, let's say, in the next five years or 10 years? What what do you see? What's your vision as to where technology is going to take us? I think that, I mean, obviously, artificial intelligence and any kind of automation is going to be huge. Uh, I think even with our current technology, uh, for people to be passing a lot of data back and forth in email kind of, kind of hurts my heart a little bit when there's all these other great tools out there. And so I just think see like continued, you know, values and aspects to that to really let technology do the, the grunt work, right? And um, let people kind of shine at what they're hired to do. And a lot mm-hmm. of times that's like building those relationships and not so much entering on the data and results of those. So I, I really see that continuing to grow. And then obviously, I mean, as soon as we're up on something security related, there's something new. There's a new threat. There's a new way, you know, bad actors are getting into or trying to get into the environment. Um, So I just think that that's going to continue to evolve. I don't really ever see that stopping. Like, I don't think we're ever going to be to a point where we know what all of the risks are out there. Um, So that'll be interesting to see in the landscape. I don't know what that looks like. I just know it's going to be really different. Yeah, that's so, so true. So, you know, when you talk about artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, I'm seeing my my little grand granddaughters that are, you know, four uh, talking to Alexa and asking for the music that they want to dance to or, or listen to, which is so amusing to me because they're so little, they're growing up with this um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, they're not going to think twice about how it was not there even five years ago. So um, it's definitely moving quickly. And like you said, the grunt work positions are are going to be replaced by um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, those types of things. But then, you know, employees and um, all of us are going to get to shine and work on the things that we can do better than technology, and that is the relationships and and people side of, of the business, coupled obviously with technology. So that's great. Um, the security piece, I think you're spot on in um, seeing that that'll never go away because um, you know as things are more out there using technology, there's going to be more. Uh, security threats, there's going to be more ways for the bad guys to get in. And so there always needs to be new uh, technology to protect um, protect us. So that's, that's great. So um, just in closing, I have one more question. If you could give me one piece of career advice that we could give to our listeners, what would that be? Yeah. 
think the one piece of career advice I could give would be never stop learning and just nod yes a lot. So I always joke that I just, I've gotten to where I am in my career because I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to self-teach myself things and kind of try and fail. And then just say yes when somebody asks if I want a chance to learn something or to participate in a project. I've just said yes to a lot of opportunities, and that's really allowed me to grow as a person. I love that. That is perfect advice. Say yes and continually learn. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you. And now an exclusive offer for our listeners. From IT skill enhancements to end user adoption training. Directions Training is your resource to help optimize the effectiveness of your technology investments. Over half a million students have taken advantage of our wide selection of technology and business training solutions covering the most popular applications today, such as Microsoft 365, Azure, Windows 10, and more. As a podcast listener, we invite you to take advantage of an exclusive offer. Receive 30 days of free access to our Microsoft official curriculum, on-demand courses, for IT professionals or end users. Visit us at www.directionstraining.com slash podcast to claim this offer today. Hurry, this offer is only available for a limited time. Success is a journey. Ask for directions. Thanks for listening to Technology in the Right Direction, your source for the latest technology trends shaping the world. To download this week's show or listen to past shows, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Past shows are also available at ewnpodcastnetwork.com, as well as through iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. To find out how to be a guest on the show, visit directionstraining.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, we hope that technology takes your business in the right direction. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.